The following is an archived podcast presented by the Branson and Hudson Foundation for Podcast Recovery. This podcast is entitled The Light of the Lamb. It is the first and only episode of the podcast. Welcome to episode one. Welcome, congregants, once again to the podcast originally named for the Christian tenets of will and grace. Until we got a cease and desist. We then decided to focus on life and love, and we were like, well, let's not be so specific. What if we call it the L word? And then we thought, okay, what does the true experience of Christ feel like? It feels like euphoria. Anyway, welcome to The Light of the Lamb, a daily praise podcast for all those lambs of God out there who can't quite get enough of their favorite shepherd. As always, I am Pastor Houston Millionaire, preaching here at Our Lady of the Murktide Regent. Before we begin today, I'd just like to remind the congregation that God wants his faithful to be fruitful and multiply, which is easier than ever thanks to the good folks at Blue Chew. It's basically a pill that helps you do your biblical duty as a man. Before you can rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground, you need to rule over your own manliness if you know what I mean. (laughs) Anyway, joining me today is our new guest pastor, Billy White Teeth. Billy? How does it feel to be here basking in the joy of the Lord in this building which Long John Silvers hath built and which we hath newly repurposed for the Lord? It feels good, Pastor Millionaire. How you doing today? It's a pleasure to be here. Woo! You know, I feel good every day I'm in the light of the Lord, which is um, every day of my life, honestly. So uh, I'm really glad that you could join us here. And, you know, you've kind of become known for your uh, eclectic, eccentric preaching style. I know that, um, you know, memory, many members of this congregation, they've been with the Lord from day one, but I know that you in the past kind of strayed perhaps from the Lord's message. And oh, well, I. That's really informed your, your, your preaching style. Well, you know, I don't do things conventionally. You know, I am a regular sort of fella, never really meant to get into being a pastor and doing this, but I guess, you know, the Lord had other plans for me, you know. I'm still a kind of a, a you know, a, a rocker type. I'm still, you know, uh, you know, unfortunately, I'm not currently playing uh, as much as I used to uh, with my Christian rock band, but uh, I'm here. I'm out here. You know, I'm going, you know, from state to state preaching, and I'm going to be honest with you. I've never felt better than I ever have I'm excited to be. I feel the Lord in this long John Silvers today. And you know what? I want to say one more thing before we move along too much. I think I just want to say what a victory it is. What a victory and what a blessing it is that we have taken this long John Silvers from the papists, from the Catholics, and we have repurposed it for everybody. And we got a real good church here. You folks should be proud of your church. And you should be proud of your pastor here. He's one of the good ones, I'll tell you that. I'm oh, I like Woo! to think so. Thank you. I mean, this, you know, here, this is a vaguely denominational church, you know? We're not like Oh, I know two. what you're saying. We're not like, it's not like I can see the vibe. You know, sometimes you go to a non, these non-denominational churches and you say, well, you know, y'all are just Lutheran, you know, y'all are. And, you know, I don't want to get into the, you know, the, 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 the specifics of it too much, but I'm just happy to be here and see a good old fashioned church and see good old fashioned good people. And, uh, Hey, maybe we can save some souls today, huh? Oh, I think we're going to do just that. Um, I know we both have some sermons. We have a lot of Bible verses we'd like to read today, some of our favorites. 
Um, but I think really we should just kind of get into it and uh, share the word of the Lord with the people. I don't know if you'd like to start first as the guest here. Oh, I'd, I'd like to uh, maybe get into something here, if you don't mind. And please, I'm letting you run the show. So if I get off track, you go ahead and rope me in there. All right. I think I uh, talk- the Lord's going to bring you, if you get off the path, the Lord's going to bring you right back. He doesn't need Whether to Whether I want him there. to or not, which I do, by the way, but sometimes I can be a little bit stubborn. You know, he finds a way to work me back into the fold. And I'm just happy. I'm, you know what? I just want to thank the Lord. You know, we say thank the Lord a lot, but we say it in like a general vague sense. I want to thank the Lord as if he was like a guy in this room and be like, you know what, man? Thanks for all you do. Thanks for all the tough times. Thanks for killing your son for us or whatever. And, you know, I'm just happy I'm ready to go. See, I I really do think the Lord is basically a guy in the room with us because I see the Lord in everything that I do and everywhere that I go. Well, you know, know, let me, let me see. Well, let's say this. Let's, 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 let's do a little uh, exercise here. Huh? Well, see these flowers right there. It's a beautiful flowers. You have a beautiful church. Well, how do you see the Lord in those, Houston? Well, here's the thing. I was at the flower store the other day talking to, uh, you know, the, the local townsfolk in this quaint town of New York in which we live. And, you know, I, they said a funny thing to me. They said, chrysanthemums are half off today. And I said, half off. You know, that's really interesting because Jesus said that your salvation will never be half off. He said that basically you got to work every day if you want salvation. And to me, it was just so crazy that that happened. It was such a coincidence that I couldn't help but tell this poor woman about the word of Jesus for about 30 or 40 minutes before she finally gave me the flowers for half off. Yeah, you know, I want to I talk about, you know, God being a hard worker for a second, you know. A lot of people think he was just a guy in the desert who didn't bathe that much. He never wore shoes once in his life, you know. How hard could he have worked, you know? He wasn't working hard like Tom, Dick, and Harry was, you know, down at the plant or whatever kind of Bruce Springsteen-style existence. I don't know what lower middle-class people do anymore, but whatever you do every day, he was doing something like that. You know, he wasn't doing that. What he was doing is thinking of crazy new ways to save us all. He went in the desert, let Satan talk to him for 60 years, and he was like, I don't want none of that, you know? A lot of people say that sounds like a story somebody would make up to explain why they went missing for a month, you know? But if you think that, then you don't get the amount of work our Lord put in to being Lord. You just don't get to be Lord, you know? He had to put the work in. And that's what we want you guys to do every single day. And fill yourself with the Lord's grace, you know, and his will. You know, even his funny roommate, Karen, or whatever her name was. You know, we can have it all here. You know, you just got to have faith. Yeah, you know, I think you touched on something there that as Christians, we take it for granted. We don't think about it enough of the kind of tribulations that even Jesus had to go through. You know, God was like, I'm not going to let him off the hook. I'm going to make Jesus have to deal with all the tribulations too, just like a normal guy. So, you know, he was wandering around and the devil was like trying to tempt him and all this crazy stuff. And it's like, those are some serious trials, you know? Like, if the devil was saying stuff to me, like, oh, wouldn't it be fun to eat a bag of chips for dinner? And you got to be like, no, no, I'm going to have a full meal with vegetables in it. You know, it takes a lot of willpower. I think a lot of people can't, uh, they don't really put themselves in Jesus's shoes to know what that must have been like. Or even when you talk about putting yourself in Jesus's shoes or his sandals or whatever he was wearing, you know, probably barefoot at least half the time, 
you know, whatever you want to talk about that, you know, I'm glad you brought up vegetables because, you know, we saw the way, you know, Jesus never made vegetables. You know, he took wine. He made it into more wine. He took bread. He made it into more bread. He, he made some fishes, too. You know, that's how we know he was really, European. He just likes wine and bread. It was his his main food groups. Right. And that's why we all follow the Lord's example today. We don't have to eat broccoli. We don't have to eat ginger or green onions. We don't have to eat beets or rutabagas or whatever sinful kind of vessel, uh, you know, Satan has provided. The vegetables were never mentioned in any of the, you know, the great feasts of Jesus. You know, it was mostly bread and That's wine. True. I've, I've met Christians who, honestly, they believe the five food groups are in the Bible. And I'm like, go check that Bible again. Go check it. They never show up. Go check up. it. Uh, if you don't believe it for me, believe it straight from the source. I'm telling you folks out there, go check the Bible. Check it yourself, right? It's got some cool, for the teenagers, it's got some cool stuff in there. You know, you don't think the Bible can be cool. Go to Revelations. That's where you have all the goat heads. You have all the crazy angels with one wings. I mean, it's basically like Final Fantasy VII. You know, that's right. I try to tell that out. to a lot of the teens at the church. You know, I do a lot of conversations with these teens who are having doubts. They're experiencing all this secular, popular culture, and they're like, "How come uh, Cloud isn't in the Bible?" You know, they're playing Final Fantasy, and it's like. Uh, you know, another thing that I've gotten is they're talking about, I was just talking about Jesus' tribulations earlier and how he got tempted by the devil and all this. And they're like, didn't Hercules have to deal with way cooler tribulations? Like when he had to slice all the heads off that Hydra, you know? Right. And I'm right. like, well, you know, isn't Hercules just another name for Jesus that they had before he was born? Right. And Hercules, one of his trials was to clean the stable in which Jesus was famously born within, you know? I, That's right. I, I'm not a historian. I'm not even really like a Bible expert, right? But I am a guy who feels things and has confidence to say it. And uh, I think that qualifies me to be a non-denominational pastor. But always check the Bible. Always check it. Always check it for the cool stuff. If you're like a busybody old lady, check it so you can yell at people more better. There's something in the Bible for everybody, you know, everybody. And uh, if you would give me a moment here, I, I was wondering if I could, I could, you know, I could bring the subject of faith. Oh, I, I want to talk. We don't about talk enough faith. about faith these days in the church. No, everybody's got to have faith. I got faith. You guys got faith. Oh yeah, faith is pure, right? Faith is bright. Faith is filled with vitality, and faith is alive. And I'll tell you what, faith is beautiful. I cannot imagine living without faith. Anyway, Faith is a 19-year-old girl at my church, and she turned to me after my last sermon and said, Pastor Billy, I want to talk about believing. And I'd like to talk about that with all y'all today here, too. I used to be a nasty man. He knows. Ask him. Pastor Millionaire knows. Oh, yeah. I mean, before I your to... Christian days, you were doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I helped you get on the good path. Yeah, that's right. You know, I used to hate holding my head up high. I used to go around saying, I like the weight of the world on my shoulders. I like being stressed out. I used to pretend it was good for me. I thought beer had vitamins in it. I was all over the place. I smoked a cigarette. I smoked a cigar before I figured out it's basically a big cigarette. I live my life of sin, you know. I listened to hard rock. I was a rocker. Can you believe it now looking at me? I look like such a clean cut guy, you know. You know, I got my button up shirt, I got my jeans pressed real nice, I got my brown shoes. But trust me, I was a rocker. 
you know, I would I would pull those records off the shelf and listen to them by myself, which is satanic imagery, of course, because always Jesus is with you. That's why we do the two, the the you know, the the metaphor or the beach in the sand so often, because you gotta watch out for it. Right? I was listening. I would take a bath at the height of my sinfulness. I would put on the radio, splish splash, I was taking a bath, you know. I would I, I, I would I would think about talking back. I would listen to Yakety Sax, you know, putting those hard rock records. My parents didn't know what to do. My father was a preacher. He wanted me to follow the same way he followed. But then I heard that song, Great Balls of Fire. Didn't realize it was satanic imagery. That song that goes da 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 and eventually it goes tequila. I listen to that song too. You ain't nothing but a hound dog, rock and robin, jailhouse rock. I was a rocker through and through. I was about probably two weeks away from having my arms full of needles. That uh, you didn't discover that 60s stuff. I can't even imagine what would have happened. You know what? My my father thought the 50s stuff was just enough for me. Uh, I'm glad he kept it from me. I didn't have to find out about Jimi Hendrix or nothing. I think, you know, I'd probably be eating a little Ben and Jerry's ice cream right now if I did, if you know what I mean. But... I want to talk about something bad that happened to me. We all have bad stuff that happens to us in life. You get a splinter. You get bit by a bird. Lose some Legos. Step on something. Eat a coin or two. The devil makes you forget to pay your rent. Oh, yeah. I hate it when the devil, you know, the devil, the devil's always trying to make me forget to pay my rent. He's always trying to get me to add a new Patreon tier. He's always trying to get me to get more subscribers. I try not to listen to him as much as I can, but Lord has coffers too. Houston, why don't you tell us, tell me a little bit about about some time you felt tempted. Well, I got to say, you know, you look at my wrist over here. I do have this Rolex on. Actually, I got two of them. The second one's under my shirt. You didn't see the second one here. Oh, wow. That's you nice. know, some some people in this congregation, even in my own congregation, they've said to me, do you really need two of those? And I said... You know, I was I was talking to the Lord the other day, you know, as I often do. We often have conversations oh, where I'm like, Lord, how are you feeling today? You know, just check in. Yeah. We're like, you know, it's like texting each other, but it happens in my brain, basically. Right. And, I, you know, the Lord was like, he saw that I had one Rolex. And he's like, I got three or four on right now. Why don't you get a second one? You know? He's like, if that's good enough for the Lord. Yeah, you don't want to you don't show the Lord up. You don't want to have more than him. But if you have too many fewer nice things than him, it's going to be a little tacky. People aren't really going to trust that you're close with him, right? Right, right. No, I understand. And I hope y'all are listening to Pastor Houston here because uh, you all should be having one-sided conversations with the Lord in your own head on a day-to-day basis. He will speak to you through the world around you. So sometimes all you got to do is saying like, maybe I, you know, maybe I'll get lunch at, I'll get a chicken sandwich for lunch and you'll open your heart to the Lord. And he says, I'm feeling Wendy's, you know, let the Lord speak through you and function on your day to day things. That's what I didn't do for so long. I I I did not listen. I find that the Lord almost always tells me exactly what I want to hear, but I think that's because I'm so attuned to his ways after so many decades in his service that when I'm like, oh, no, I can't get two chicken sandwiches, right? And the Lord is like, oh, treat yourself, you know? And the Lord, you know, I, I have the exact same difficulty. And the Lord came on down and he told me, 
you can get two sandwiches as long as you don't get fries. Or if you are going to get fries, sweet potato fries are healthy, the Lord told me. He told me that the the sweet potato fries are healthy. But here's the thing. The Lord then told me that if I'm going to get the fries, then I should get a Frosty to dip them in. And what better to dip in the Frosty than the regular fries? So he was like, you know what? What are you going to do? I was at Applebee's, right? And I got, I was looking at this big fried chicken tortilla salad, right? Which is a bunch of fried chicken rolled in tortillas. And I thought, well, that says it's it's 1,400 calories. I can't have that for dinner. And the Lord boomed in my heart, in my head. He said, yes, you can. You can also have a giant beer because that's not bad to us, only to some other guys. Right, So I drank my big beer, I ate my huge salad, and the Lord was speaking to me all night, telling me how right I was. I was rolling around in bed with a stomach ache. They said, you, you were swollen with the faith, you are swollen with the way, and you are being rewarded, and you just got to ride out that stomach ache because you followed the Lord's will. I didn't tell you following the Lord's path is easy. Some nights I eat one, two pints of ice cream, and I get these stomach aches. And I think to myself, why'd I do that? Why am I listening to this silly old Lord? And then I realized, well, that's simply the voice of Satan talking through me again, just like he talked through Chuck Berry, just like he talked through Jerry Lee Lewis, and just like he talked about Elvis and all those other guys. You got to ignore Satan in your heart and eat as much as you can for dinner. The way the Lord wanted you to. You know, the Lord, he cares a lot about our, our food decisions, and I kind of think he even guided us to this here, Long John Silvers, you know? like uh, Oh, yeah. Instead of multiplying the fish, though, he turned them into pews. And right. a, a, a little place up here where we do our sermons. I don't know what you call this thing, you know, like the There's still a little white, whatever. There's still a little white fish in the, in the freezer, too, as well. I don't know if that's tilapia yeah. or what. He, but he, he multiplied the fish into actual fish and into the pews, basically. Right. And, and, as, and, and as the powers of Jesus combined, he was still bound by his age. He could not freeze the fish. We have now been provided technology that we can freeze the fish that comes to us magically. You know, we can store it for later times. And so what, maybe, 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 maybe after this, y'all feel like having the Lord will speak to you, say, have three fish fillets. He does that. He does that. That's his word. People often ask me at the reception after sermons, uh, they're always saying, why do we only have fish to eat? Is it because this is an old Long John Silver's and they're still in the freezer back there? And I say, no, fish is the most biblical food because Jesus was multiplying it. That's like asking me, why do we have church inside? It's obviously because Jesus was a carpenter and he liked to build pews and shit, right? So it's just such a stupid question from the congregants, but that's because they're not as close to God as we are. We're here to help them see the way. It's the difference between, you know, if y'all knew as much as us, you'd be up here on stage talking to yourselves. You know, we don't need pastors. As pastors, we feel the word flow through us. If we want to hear the word of God, we look in the mirror and we, we, we make eye contact with our reflection and we'll be like, well, what do you want to eat today, God? Do you want to have chili? Do you want to have, you know, some 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 maybe something beer battered? Do you want to have some steak frites? You know, I kind of I do that every morning. I check in with God and I plan out all three meals of my day, and and and, and I get exactly what I want. I get I get dessert if I go out to eat, and that's just the kind of stuff you have to do 
If you want to be a holy man, you got to listen to you. Listen to yourself. All right? You know, I was actually talking to the Lord not that long ago. I was getting my morning coffee at the Dunkin' Donuts next door. And uh, the conversation started because this coffee was pretty hot. And I was like, Lord, don't tempt me with this hot coffee. I know I got to wait a few minutes, but you're tempting me, aren't you, Lord? And that kind of got us going. And he was telling me, like, why don't you have a private jet? Joel Osteen's got one. You know, you see these guys on TV, they all got private jets. Why don't you have one? And I was like, Lord, that's a good question. My congregation oh. is just not big enough yet. Um, what if I start a podcast, though, and make a little extra money, you know? I think that's a that's a wise decision because at the end of the day, as a pastor, your goal is to get as many people listening to you as possible, right? You yeah, all if I'm spreading the that. good word, I, I would some some pastors would say they're spreading the good word. I would say I'm spreading the best word, and anyone who's not listening to me is an affront to God. And it's my job to make sure the entire earth wants to hear the important things I have to say up here. You got to do different things if you're just trying to get the word of God out there and there's no wrong way of doing it. I heard some mutterings from the congregation when you did your ad read for Blue Chew. But I tell you what, where do you think that money's going? Huh? That money is going into commercials. That is money is going into exposure. That is money that is going into spreading the word of God. Right. And if we can use something that's not biblically wrong, you know, there's nothing inherently wrong with an erection. It's just how you use it. You know, that's right. It's like gun control. You know, if you have a penis, you know, or whatever, whatever you got, it's your job to use it responsibly. And, yeah. and these, these, liber- you know, you hear these, these liberals out here saying you should have to have a license to use it. You know, blue chew. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. And your penis, too. They're saying. Oh, they're yeah. saying you need a license to use it, and I'm saying let's just do what the good Lord intended us to do. Right, and, and, and if we read the Bible, it, it, you know the good Lord intended a lot of things. Right, He never said anything about the age of 18, even though my lawyers instructed me not to talk about that. He never said anything about you know. He just said you got to be married. Right, if you if you're married, it's cool. You know, if, if you're married, you can have as much blue chew as you want. You know, I'm not saying go walk around with, you know, a bunch of blue chew on you, popping them, whatever. You're going to look crazy, right? But you can buy blue chew. You can drink beer and you can eat as much food as you want for dinner. That's just kind of the kind of Christianity we're preaching out here. Yeah. Today. And honestly, think about blue chew. If the Lord had that in his day, he would have used it of, you know, this is again, in my conversation, I don't mean to share so many of my conversations with the Lord, but I think they're pretty interesting. Um, the Lord, you know, I was talking to him. I was like, far be it from me, Lord, to critique you in any way. But the one thing I wish you had done in your time on earth, Lord, is be a little more fruitful and multiply a little more. Like, why didn't Jesus have any kids? You know, it'd be so fun if his descendants were here to play with us today, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's like, if Jesus (laughs) had blue chew, maybe that would be the case. Maybe my co-pastor would be like Jesus the 35th or whatever, you know? You're right. I mean, he died at age 33. Right, you know, we usually want people to have kids before then, but if not, that's cool. Nowadays, yeah, he was about 15, Jesus, 16 years overdue for his first kid. I don't know what he was right, out there doing. You know, in year zero, and they didn't call it year zero when he was born, by the way. I don't know what they called it, but it wasn't year zero yet. And he'd be sitting around going, okay, you know, 33 is basically the the the, the equivalent of like, that'd be like being 65 now. Like he got a full, le- like nobody was like, oh, Jesus went too soon, you know, because nobody really really live that long right so it's like yeah, he, oh well, you know, like another fun guy fact got that people don't uh, know but he already had uh terminal cancer when they put him on the cross he was like well this will be better for like my legacy to just die up here but he had like two days left max i mean he oh was yeah old. i mean 
He wanted all, you know, at the, at the very, I suspect he was just trying to get his buddy a little money before he went. That's all I suspect at all. And you know what? Ain't nothing wrong with that. I mean, let Ain't me say this though. It, uh, as promotion for his book, the Bible couldn't do any better than that. Couldn't do any better. And his book took off. I mean, you know, he spent his time writing that book and it just, it just went right over this. And I, I'm grateful every day that Jesus wrote a book. I'm grateful every day that he, you know, wore open toed sandals everywhere and ate only fish and bread. Like I'm grateful. In fact, I think maybe, maybe we should, uh, uh, uh sing a hymn here real quick. Oh, you're right. I can't believe we've made it this far into the sermon without any hymns. I mean, that's, I'm really glad that I you're I see on a lot of, of people in holy contemplation looking down right now. Go ahead and join me. A holy, holy, holy. Which number in my uh, hymn book here is this one going to be? Holy, holy. This is number three right here. Yeah, Let's do number three here. Oh, this one comes by way of Reginald Hyber. He really killed this one in 1826 when he wrote this one. Yeah, and for those of you who aren't familiar with hymns, they're like, they don't rhyme. And like uh, shitty songs that aren't, they're like 15 seconds long. Yeah, if somebody pointed a gun at your head and said, I need you to make a song that's 15 seconds long starting now, you basically made a hymn, you know? That's right. Holy, 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 holy Lord God, God Almighty, early, early in the, in the morning shall our song shall to rise to thee. Holy, Merciful and mighty, strong God, God in is three persons. Trinity. Trinity. Is that a reference to the Matrix at the end there? I, I I don't know. I ain't seen the most recent one. I know Neo was supposed to be Jesus or something. I think they used some kind of. I think at one point Neo speaks Aramaic in the movie. I don't remember all that much. Well, this is one of my personal beliefs that basically everyone is Jesus uh, in popular culture or in other religions. Even you know, like the Muslims don't know it, but Muhammad. That's Jesus. That's just a different name for Jesus. It's the same guy, you know. And, and uh, you know, Confucius as Jesus, you know, Buddha. That's Jesus. Yeah, see, know? that's why I'm accepting of people who follow the wrong faiths, because they're not that far off. They just need to see the fact that their favorite guy is actually my favorite yeah. guy. You're, you know, that guy is Jesus is a really hard sell on people. But, you know, through the miracle of colonialism, we've gotten some people to agree upon it. But, uh, you know, there's more work to do. And hopefully, you know, if we all work together and this long John Silvers stays upright, then... uh. You know, maybe by the end of the year, every single person on the planet will be Christian. Wouldn't that be something, huh? Oh, that's what we're <laughs> working on, you know? I'll tell you, I converted another one. complaining about the Blue uh, Chew commercials then, huh? I converted another one just the other day, another teen. Uh, you know, his parents, they go to this congregation, but he hasn't really been uh, perhaps getting the vibe of, of Christianity exactly. So I took him aside after the sermon. I could tell he was, he was looking at his little magic cards out there in the audience. You know, he wasn't uh, paying any attention to what I was up here saying. And I was like, well... You know, maybe these things right here, you may not know it, but they're satanic. And I just started kind of basically doing a sermon off the top of my head. He was he was like showing me his cards, like force of negation. And I was like, now, right here, this right here, this is a force of negation in your life. This is the devil trying to, you're trying to bring him into my church. And then he's like, okay, well, how about the dragon's rage channeler? And I was like, who among us would channel the rage of dragons if not? Satan, you know, Satan down downstairs, the bad guy, you know, thought seize. Oh, yeah. He had one called thought seize. It's like the devil is trying to seize his thoughts, you know. Oh yeah, the devil works everywhere, you know. Even think about this: when you booked me to come on here, I thought this podcast was called Will and Grace, 
But guess what? Well, it what? was briefly, but... The Satanists interjected. They stopped you from naming something pure and simple and Christian because they said, well, you know, the, you know this TV show, you know, that had like one boring gay guy and a, and a funny gay guy took it, you know? And now you can't do it. We don't care about Christians because we're oppressing you in this country. And then I'm like, well, that's crazy. But he's got a new name for the podcast, and it's called The L Word. And guess what? Them suits came, and they said that show's actually about lesbians. And I'm like, I don't believe in lesbians because I own a very obscure Bible. And then we got in another argument, and then I said I wasn't going to come on the show. And then I finally decided to come back when y'all were going to name it Euphoria because that's what I feel for God every day, right? That's right. But uh, what's it? What's it called now? What's it called now? Well, it's the Light of the Lamb now, which I still think is is pretty nice. I haven't you know? seen that show. What's the Light of the Lamb? Was there gay guys on? Well, that? you're no, you're on it right now. This is the oh, show. so there, that one works. That one's staying. Yeah, no one's got a problem with it yet. Okay, well, I you know I would Google it or something, make sure it ain't a show about you know them lesbians or gay people or whatever. Which we have a very if you're a lesbian or a gay guy, we have a very convenient opinion about you right now, right? And that is that we love you, and uh, we don't think you're bad, but we think all the gay stuff's bad. That's so convenient. That's a very convenient opinion for us. And I just want you, if you, if y'all are here with your parents, and you're like a 13-year-old gay guy or like lesbian, you ain't told nobody yet, then just remember, I forgot the point I was making. Let's sing a hymn. Oh, let me choose the next one here. How about let's go to, in our... In our um book of hymns here our hymn book as they call it uh what about number seven be thou my vision by dallin foragill from ireland in the sixth century oh you could if it's from ireland in the sixth century you can tell it was good be thou Thou my vision oh lord of my heart so Not sweet are the guys that Save came thou, today and break for you and break thy morning by by breath. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my light on top of spaghetti. That Man, was beautiful are, there. Yeah, these are pretty good. How did they think that of this stuff? Well, they're just short songs. Honestly, I think no one has ever heard of him and gone, how did they think of that? It's pretty easy to think about that. I'd say if you want to write a song, I've written plenty of songs about Jesus. Trust me. Uh, for those of you who may recognize me, I used to be the lead singer of For He Who Looks Down With His Head Held Upon High, or some people know it as F-H-W-L-D-W-H-H-H-H-U-H. We performed, you know, for about 10 years running there. uh, After I cleaned up my act and got off that nasty rock and roll a little bit. But if I can write at least, I've written at least 400 songs about Jesus. Y'all can write a hymn. If you want to get into that, try writing hymns first. Set aside like 10 minutes. That's all you need to write a hymn. If it takes more than 10 minutes, you ain't writing it right, right? Because the Lord is writing it through you and he's already got good ideas. Right. So basically you just let him do his thing. You know, you don't have to do anything. 
Yeah, you just got to come up with a subject like he who be upon him, glory, glory <laughs> on high, something salvation. It doesn't maybe. have to rhyme or make sense or be longer than four bars. Yeah, like so. he gave us his son for the holy redemption. Like that, like that. You, That's like a whole hymn, you know, you can riff out a hymn. You know, I've been known to riff out a bunch of hymns whenever I, you know, preach at, at my home church. You know, first thing I do, I make up every hymn I do because it's just a little song. Oh, and some of yours are really good. That one of yours that was about the lamb of the wine who is on high. That's oh, the good. lamb of the wine who gets red wine. And he's upon high at the top of the hill. And at the top of the hill, he preaches to Jesus. And that's a cool one because it's like, what if a, a lamb that was drunk on wine preached to Jesus himself? You know, I, I also really liked your hymn, uh, The Loaf of the Lord. And I thought it was really mean of those kids who came to your concert to say that it was about Jesus taking a dump. Oh, yeah. Seems you like can those kids say, need to read the Bible a little closer. I understand the uh, impulse into wickedness. You know, I understand juvenile pranks. You know, when I was a child, I, I you know, I was known to, you know, be a little bit of a terror. And, I'd you know, I'd go around and, you know, I, I'd do pranks on my father, you know, and, and he'd be, I'd, 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 I'd say the best prank I ever did, and I regret it. I regret it. But I am going to mention it now because it shows how far I've come. I replaced my father's Bible when I was 11 years old. It's a sinful thing to do to, to swap out a Bible's cover and put it on a book called 1001 Silly Jokes. My father gave four sermons with 1001 Silly Jokes before he figured out I took his Bible. You know, oh, my Lord. He was, and I tell you what, the congregation was dying. They were laughing so hard at some of these silly jokes. I, I felt... Real attempted to embrace evil. I really did. It may seem funny, you know, hearing a joke about a guy having sex with a donkey, right? Hearing jokes about Well, that about part actually like, is in the Bible. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's lots of rules in the Bible. A lot of times people will say, you know, the Bible is an ancient document. It doesn't pertain to anything in there. But I think it's good to have rules about, like, who gets to marry your brother's wife if your brother dies? Like, I, you know, I think it's cool to Comes inherit a wife. Yeah. Yeah. It's always relevant, even if it's something we don't do now. It's just a good thing to have in the future. Maybe if, you know, YouTube takes over or something, we all got to live in the woods, go back to living like animals. You know, we got to have those rules about who gets whose wife, you know? Yeah. And, you know, getting back to your anecdote there, I'm not sure if I think it's okay that those people laughed or not. In a situation like that, I basically look to the Lord and say, Lord, am I allowed to laugh at that? Is that funny? And if he's kind of stone-faced, then I'm going to pretend like it wasn't funny, even if I thought it was, you know? Oh, you can actually, when you when you talk to the Lord, you see his face? Sometimes, yeah. It's kind of like in The Lion King or whatever. He'll just appear in the clouds, and then he'll be like, no, don't laugh. Oh, so you can only talk to the Lord when you're outside? Oh, well, I can see him through the window a lot of the time. That's why we got all these nice big stained glass windows we outfitted into the uh, Long John Silvers here. Now, it he it, it kind of distorts him a little. The stained glass kind of makes it hard to tell what facial expression he's making. It's possible I'm misinterpreting it, but uh, you know it's better than winging it. Yeah, uh, and, you know he he uh, uh, you don't he can see you 
right all the time regardless right the the roof yeah. even though he's in the sky if you're like right now can can he see you oh of course he can i mean that's why it's all like you know sometimes on board i'm like lord let's play a game right. but he's like what game could we possibly play we can't play peekaboo i see you fucking all the time we can't play hide and seek right like there's so many games that I would love to play with others that I just can't play with the Lord. I mean, it's in it's in the Lord's nature to be mysterious and divine and powerful. A lot of people say, like, where's God? And he'll be above the table. God will be over the table. He's going to be to the side. God's going to be in your head. He's going to be in other people's heads. That's God's right. in your little big toe. See, a lot of these congregants, when they the first time they come in, they're looking for God like he's Waldo. They think they can't find him anywhere. But here's the thing. If this is Waldo, Jesus is every single person on the page. He's like, there he is, there he is, there he is. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I know, I know. I know, and you'll we, we make sure to have plenty of visions of Christ on that cross. You know, he's always looking up, all heartbroken and crazy and stuff like that. We don't get the eye contact that we crave, right? That's because he can't give it to us, because if we would look directly in the eyes of God... I don't know. We'd probably explode or something. I think Again, the, sun, this, the sun is actually one of God's eyes. He keeps one eye closed, and one eye out there is the sun. And you look directly into it, he's going to blind you. Yeah. At nighttime, he's peeking. That's what That's he's right. doing. At nighttime, he's peeking. Peeking at you. Uh, maybe this would be a good opportunity to uh, for me to uh, tell, you, uh, tell your congregation here about some of my darkest times. Oh, sure. Do whatever you want, as long as oh, the Lord's dude. telling you to do it. Oh, he is. He is. He's pushing me forward. And right now, the Lord's telling me, give a good speech. You can embellish and make it as sad as you want. You can embellish on your injuries because at the end, it's going to be a net positive. He's saying that as long as you don't do anything sexual, you can hang out with faith as much as you want. The Lord's telling me that it's not my fault that my wife's stories are boring and i don't want to hear about what she did during the day it's not my fault it's the lord talking through me and i used to not be this way i wore out toured for a long time as a christian rock guy drinking fancy stuff like evian arenas across the world mostly let's be honest mostly the american south and I think I got to the point where I I had enough for he who looks down with his head held upon high was a very successful Christian rock band. Sure. We weren't the big, like the newsboys. We weren't, uh, you know, we weren't no, we weren't no edgy guys like POD, you know, we mostly held, uh, uh, sang songs about holding hands or walking with various forms of Jesus at the beach. Uh, but uh, there were some dark days I had when uh when it all ended. I was uh driving through Daytona Beach about a week after show, feeling lost, you know, feeling like this rock and roll lifestyle was gonna wear me out. I'm sick of going to different towns and trying their tap water. I thought my life was slowing down and getting older, and I didn't know what to do. We've all been there. I'm driving my extended cab GMC Hummer EV. It flips. Yeah, that's right. I'm flipping. I'm driving. During the day, I was trying to reach on the floor of the driver's side so I could get a pepperoni sub that I had dropped on the floor because God was telling me, you're going to have enough. You're not going to have enough time at the next red light to open the sandwich. So you got to get it ready. 
That <laughs> extended GMC hover I have goes and over in, completely demolishes the church. I thought, oh my God, what have I done? My GMC extended cab hover was wider than the church was, and I had side swapped it, completely destroyed it, uh, just really like a framing left. Uh, all the pews were destroyed. I killed the preach, the priest on the inside. It, it was a mess. And I thought, well, there's no going back from this. I have fully become in the embrace of the devil. I am ruined. And I smiled as I pulled myself out of that GMC Hummer because I saw it was a Lutheran church. And I thought, well, I'm going to be okay. Yeah, the Lord works in convenient ways, you know? Until I touched my throat. My head was chopped 50% off. Oh, my God. And for those of you who are confused about what that means, I'm not going to elaborate. My head was 50% cut off. The doctor said I was only going to talk 50% as good as I would again. Through months of physical therapy, I proved him wrong, but I lost my singing voice. I used to sing like a little angel baby birdie. Now I realize I... I sound like a crazy guy who's at outside of a gas station singing into a cell phone. Oh, come but, on. Now don't say that. Oh, it's true. I used to hit all the high notes. Ah, I used to go low. Now, I, you know, I don't have that range I used to have no more. I think that fans of FHWLDWHHHUH would still pay good money to see you belt out some of those classics someday, you know? Oh, well, maybe, but that'd be awful kind of them if they did so. Now really, I, the mu- I would say this about way. your music, though. Your music was always about the message more than right. being good, you know? Right. Like most it Christian was, music. Yeah. No, it was about, it was always about the message and promoting God's faith. You know, Jesus Party, that was probably my biggest, uh, you know, song. It was about what if there was a birthday party that you had and you were having fun at your birthday and Jesus showed up and he uh, got you in the dunk tank. <laughs> I really like the last verse of that. It's like one of those songs where everything you thought before is flipped by the lyrics of the last verse where it turns out it's also Jesus's birthday cuz your birthday happens to be on Christmas. On Christmas. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. everyone gets to open presents. Yeah, and it's hey, that's not the only thing I have in common with Jesus, you know. <laughs> we both bathe about th- once every 3 days. <laughs> well, I know I know that when you were sort of on the wayward path, you were splish splash taking a bath all the time. So, oh. I think it says a lot about your restraint and Rock. humility to the Lord that you don't bathe as much anymore. Rock music had me taking lots of sinful baths. I'll tell you what, I was splish splashing in there, not worrying about, you know, do I have, you know, am I in an apartment? Do I have downstairs neighbors that are going to get water damage from me splishing and splashing around in the bath? I wasn't thinking like that because I was controlled by Satan at the time. Now, when I take a bath, which I still do take baths, I don't think baths are inherently sinful, but, uh, you know, when I take baths, I don't spill any of the water. I don't make a single splash. I don't have a rubber ducky no more. And I barely use any bubbles. So I'm proud to say if y'all want to clap for that, I think that'd be. I've come a long way since then. And I say all that so I can tell y'all too. Y'all can stop your sinful ways of playing Fortnite or, you know, watching the mass singer. God wants us to know who's singing. That's on That's right. He needs he wants us to know who's singing. He ain't gonna tempt me. Because one of the days, Mass Singer's going to lift his head up, and guess who it's going to be? Satan? Yeah. Or oh Jesus. My God. One of oh, the two. Okay. That'd be, I that would Satan, be better. I mean, but we I don't, don't think know. Jesus is not going to condone a program like that, I don't think. 
I'm listening to God right now. I'm, 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 I'm tuning in. I'm thinking, and God, God has told me He doesn't think Jesus would be on the Mass Singer. So, well, yeah. Let me ask the Lord for a second. Yeah, Lord, would ask, you go yeah. on the Mass Singer? Hold on, go to the window so you can see His face, so you can read His face. Well, He cues. wants to know what song He would be singing. Oh, the Lord. Well, probably I feel alive or Youth of the Nation or something edgy to get the the kids. Okay, you Youth know? of the Nation. Yeah, he says Youth of the Nation is a little old now, though. Can you think of a more popular mainstream Christian band? Well, it, you know, it's really good that you uh, uh, asked me that because I know so many mainstream Christian bands. Hold on, I'm getting a text message here. Let me just take that, and then I'm going to answer your question about mainstream Christian <laughs> bands. Because I know so many. You know, I'm in the, in the it says here, Kings of Leon. <laughs> See the, the king. The king they're referring to is the Lord Himself. Oh wait, Lifehouse. I don't think anyone's listening to those guys anymore. How about this though? How about Justin Bieber? He loves the Buzzfeed Lord. Buzzfeed says that's number one. Well, I'm going to say Justin Bieber. How about that Lord? Would you sing Justin Bieber on the Mass Singer? He's kind of nodding, like, yeah, yeah, I might fuck with that. He might what? He might. Uh, he said, "These are his words, not mine." He said, "Yeah, I might fuck with that. I wouldn't say oh, that." Oh wow. I would never and say pray, it's my praise the messenger, praise upon he with up there with the at the top of the hill where he gave the sermon and he said the life of my thirty three years and he said, "Do not crucify me, Romans." That's and true. People don't it. talk enough about Jesus's fondness for hills. He was always on. If if Jesus saw a hill, he's like, "I gotta get to the top of that mo that 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 son of a gun." You know. I heard Jesus. You know, being a carpenter, he was pretty crafty. He would make uh, himself, it was basically like a little Red Rider wagon, and he would ride it down the hill once he got to the top. That's why he loved going up to the top of the hill so much. Oh, yeah. Um, he, knew, he knew all the advanced carpentry techniques. He knew, he knew how to use it. Jesus a invented the wheel, actually. Yeah, that's why he took it, because it's his. He invades, like, I know exactly what to do with these things. But uh, yeah, you know, Jesus would go up to the top of that hill with his Red Rider wagon, and sometimes he put all kinds of things in his mouth while he was going down the hill rocks, pennies, coins, whatever, but he never swallowed anything because he was Jesus. He was too smart for that. Right. You know, he knew how to work with screws. He knew table saws. Oh, you know, he, he, you know, he, 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 he was, he was not union at the time. You know, he, he did what work he could be done, but you know, he was a trusted source. I imagine made a lot of bed frames, you know, and back then, you know, sandals were mostly wood too. So he was going around making big old sandals for everybody to walk on. Yeah, basically everything was wood. So a carpenter back then, he might be asked to make fake teeth for someone. Oh, just yeah. Just about anything, he would thing. make it. Oh, yeah. I, I, I tell you what, may, maybe we had talked about the Bible earlier. We had talked about you know some verses from the Bible, and we talked about interpretation. Perhaps we can go and we can go back and forth and share some of our favorite Bible verses and interpret them here for this audience. Oh, yeah. We would be remiss if we didn't crack open the good book. Yeah, is remiss good? Is remiss good or is remiss? Uh, remiss, remiss is bad, I think. Oh, okay. Well, I it's don't want to be remiss. Word. Sorry for using a satanic oh, word. Oh, I don't want to be remiss. All right. Well, we have pur- we'll purge the negative energy or something vague like that, and we'll be fine. Uh, pur- would you like to start or shall I? Yeah, you know what? I'll flip this sucker open. Let me see here. You know, I'm reminded, something I was saying to the Lord the other day reminded me of Acts 16.31. They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And that one always gets to me because it's kind of like we were just talking about where Jesus probably built the dang household. This guy is a carpenter, right? If you live in a house that has wood in it, 
guess what? Jesus probably worked with that wood 2,000 years ago. Because uh, right. he made a no. lot of stuff. It's probably the same wood still. Hate to break it to you, non-believers, but basically you're living in the house of Jesus that he built literally with his own hands, literally. And I think that that passage just kind of reminds us of that. Are you telling me Jesus was a carpenter? He was in the desert for 30 days listening to Satan. He wasn't building nothing out of wood. You telling me that? Come on. Let's all be adults here. We know Satan, We know Jesus was making all kinds of stuff. He probably made the own cross he was crucified on because he could see it coming. And he was That's like, right. if I'm going to be crucified... I got to make sure it's on a good cross. Yeah, he wanted something wanna... comfortable and sturdy that was really going to like do him justice, you know? You know, the papists, the evil papists, you know, they do this thing. They make Christ on this crazy old cross that's got like gold and florets on it and all like that. Just two pieces of wood. That's all it was. Yeah, you, you know, know I, don't, I don't mean to uh, quote another Bible verse before you get to quote one, but uh, I always think about that time that Jesus said, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself, you know? He did, he did say that. He did say that. Rolled up his sleeves as like a cartoon protagonist would and said that himself. Here's one that uh, means a lot to me. I'll let you interpret it for everybody here. And the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and stay here. I'll give you some tablets of stone with the law and commandments I have written for their instruction. See, that's just what we were talking about. He's up on the mountain. And this guy loved going up to the top of hills and mountains and all kinds of stuff. And he loved giving orders. God, That was back in the day where God took direct charge. If you if somebody had to clean the latrine, God had to tell you to do it. He had to tell Moses, go on the hill and I'm going to give you some rules. You're going to write them down, bring them down to everybody, you know, tell them what's up, you know. Maybe you should go on the next one. Let's see here. All right, this one's from 1 Corinthians 15:21. It reads, "For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man." That That's crazy. Crazy. I read that, when that kid was bringing all his magic cards up in here, I showed him that. And I was like, you don't need none of that crazy fantasy stuff because the Bible's already got all this wacky zombie shit going on. It's way cooler and way more realistic. Imagine, you know, Jesus is a 2020 creature, right? And even if you are playing like a, you know, a black deck or something and you do a kill card on him, right? He doesn't go away. He don't. That's right. He's he indestructible. Goes to He's the graveyard. He's got he goes to the graveyard. You everything. can bring him right back. That's true, yeah. Jesus has trample. He's got hex proof. He has tap actions. He is a card. And even if you get rid of him, he will always come back. Yeah, he has a mana ability to bring him back from your graveyard to the battlefield with haste. That's right. And basically, <laughs> I think that's what Corinthians is talking about here. If you want to move you- on to your next one. <laughs> okay. This is a this one means a lot to me. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. I like that one because he's talking about his own body making it a slave, putting himself in slavery, which I thought was a very roundabout, con- complicated way to talk about pledging yourself to Jesus Christ. But apparently some guys like it. It worked for him back then. And heck, I like that part at the end about winning the prize. I looked down at these couple of Rolexes here. I know exactly what he's talking about. You got to follow the Lord and he'll reward you. Right. A lot of people say, well, the real prize is in heaven. And to me, I think that's loser talk. They have an Xbox 6 up there. It's loser talk. You can get an Xbox 6 in real life now. You can get a Lamborghini now. You can get a Hummer now. 
Well, wow, I think what the Lord is saying, though, is that up in heaven, you could get a 2035 Lamborghini, and down here, you can only get the 2023. That's true. That's what he's saying about your rewards in heaven. But I'm, I'm saying, don't get all obsessed with just heaven. There's plenty of cool stuff on earth you can get now. That's true. You can play with these ones, and then you get to play with those ones later. It's win-win if you follow his word. Yeah, all you got to do is listen to the rules. All you got to do is follow the big man in charge. He tells you to go to a mountain, you go to a mountain. He tells you to go to a hill, you go to a hill. I don't remember anybody ever going to valleys, but if they tell you to go there, you should go there too, right? And if he tells you that Faith's hair smells really good when you gave her a hug after you gave her a ride home from church... Well, that's between him and you. And you don't need to tell no congregation, visiting or otherwise, that you smelled that girl's hair. That's exactly what that passage is about. That's exactly what? what it means to me. It reminds me of uh, Colossians 3.5. You know, Colossians, great guy. I, I hung out with him um, one time. The Lord, I was talking to the Lord, and he was like, I got Colossians with me. You want him to say hi? And I was like, that'd be awesome. Like, he can kind of like psychically transmit other people in heaven to me sometimes when we're talking, you know? Oh, wow. And Colossians was like, I'm glad that you're such a big fan of 3-5 in my book. And I was like, yeah, dude, I read your book all the time. And he's like, well, if I was down there, I would sign it for you. But I'm up here. So, you know, come see me when you're, you know, you're up here. But um, in his passage, he said, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. So basically he's saying not to do that stuff like unless there's kind of like a caveat that says the Lord's like cool with it, right? Right. It's, it's the Lord essentially saying like, you know, let's keep it on the DL, right? Let's not, you know, because in the past they talk about Sodom and Gomorrah. Everybody here know what they did at Sodom and Gomorrah? They was rubbing their little nubs. They were flicking their little beans. They were touching their boobs and butts. They was spanking each other till their boobs and butts were pink and red, right? Purple even on some accounts. Their nubs were spurting fluids of yellow, of white. Sometimes if they did too much, it'd be red, right? They drank all the sacramental wine. There wasn't nothing left in the morning. They drank it all at night. And God said, you know what? I'm going to fuck this place up. I'm going to turn them all into salt or something weird. They're never going to forget about it. That's exactly what he did. You know, he turned them all into salt, which is, you know, it's a hard thing for mortals to understand. It seems so specific that maybe there had to be some metaphor innately involved that we don't understand. But well, I think he I was like, just trying to help uh, the good people have more stuff to cook with. Right, you know, there right. wasn't enough Let's salt Let's get back rid then. of all the people that are rubbing their nubs, spanking their little butts, brown and black and purple, and stinking up the joint with their nub tugging. They're spurting, they're spitting, they're sucking and slacking, you know, rubbing each other off, smacking each other, choking each other, you know. And you're smelling each other's perfect 19-year-old blonde hair, you know, and just forgot what we were talking about. Well, what was I, I, I was going to say to the Lord here, you know, he turned uh, turned those people into salt. Hey, Lord, maybe next time, maybe when you bring down your wrath on Las Vegas, maybe you could give us some cumin or something, you know, some coriander. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's turn. Let's turn. I'll tell you what, if it was in Sin City, I'm not sure if I would eat any of that cumin, you know. That's probably right. Maybe we should get back to the good book here. What do you got? There is no, this is uh, John 418. And I always liked John 
and uh, you know, he just, there's a nice, straightforward, simple name. Like, like I always thought Corinthians was kind of a diva, you know, out of the whole group. But you know, regardless. well, he had a son named John Corinthians, though. It's kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah, it kind of it gets confusing when you look up the Bible lore or something. I checked the wiki, but man, it gets over my head sometimes. Anyway, John says there is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And I really like that because I don't know what the fuck it means. Sometimes the Lord works in mysterious ways by just putting a bunch of gibberish on the page, honestly. And I'm not afraid to admit that to the congregation. You know, if you're scared, it's because you're going to get punished, is what he's saying. Whether in hell or with like, you know, a, a robber. You know, you know, or, or, or maybe like a you run into, you're walking down the street and you see like a Jewish person or something, you get scared, right? And this is saying the one who fears is not made perfect in love, which I don't, you know, I, I God's mysterious is what we're saying, you know, and you know he didn't have a lot of proofreaders, you know, they kind of went with stuff, so. This one right here is from Genesis 9, colon 3-4. It's tagged in my Bible as food and blood, and it goes a little like this. Everything that lives and moves about will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. But you must not eat meat that has its lifeblood still in it. So with this one, basically the Lord is saying you could eat anything you want you need like, anything we were just talking about want. this earlier actually when we were talking about you know how we ordered dinner at wendy's and stuff he says eat anything you want i put it there i for love you. my favorite thing about being a human is having dominion over the land and animals you know oh yeah and objects too count for even that so you could drink out of a lava lamp right you can drink you can drink olive oil you know if your body's telling you to do something your body says jesus said it's okay I mean, basically, the Lord is describing the world as being like the Simpsons episode where Homer's in the land of chocolate and starts eating the buildings and the dogs and everything because it's all chocolate. That's what the Lord intended. That is. That is. And it's a beautiful thing, you know, to go around, go to a farm and say, well, technically, I own all this. You know, I don't know about the animals or something. You see a dog on the street. It don't matter if it's your dog or not. You have dominion over that beast. God gave us dominion over beasts. It's harder to yell at a plant, but we have dominion over a plant. We could punish a plant. We can punish a dog. I'm not going to say how we punish it, right? But you can punish it. It's your thing. What do you say? What do you say? One more passage here before we have to go. All right. And uh, this one's about evil. Oh, my God. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Now, what God's telling us here is, or this is actually written by one of the uh, uh, a very religious man from ancient times named Proverbs. And Proverbs was a really crazy guy. He was always saying lots of wise stuff. 
He's saying if you're afraid of God, that's the same thing as getting calories. It's the same thing. So it really doesn't matter how much you eat. If you're at a Gordon Ramsay restaurant and you get like a beef Wellington and it's like $40, but it's the size of like a little bowl and you eat it and you ain't feeling nothing, you should have a second beef Wellington. Because it's going on the church credit card anyway, so you might as well listen to God and get what you want. The Lord is at work through Gordon Ramsay, even though he's British. And who are we to defy the ways of the Lord and say, we don't want another? Who are we to say, check, please? You know what I mean? You got to nourish your bones. Ladies and gentlemen of congregation, you got to nourish your bones. Be good to your bones, people. I almost got my bones cut. When I got 50% of my head cut off, but did I stop eating at Gordon Ramsay's restaurant? No. Yeah, I you went know there what? twice as often. It reminds me of a Bible verse where Jesus' grandma is like, oh, you're all skin and bones. And yeah. you know what happened to her? What? Uh, He killed her. Oh, man. You know what? I remember a story of the Bible of uh, Jesus as a young man getting $20 from his grandma on a birthday card <laughs> christmas card at the time <laughs> back then yeah, they, call <laughs> they called his birthday christmas but it wasn't like a thing like it is now like only that only jesus's family celebrated christmas. yeah yeah which includes you know, god though in his family by the way oh, that's a pretty yeah, big no, deal it's god, yeah it's a pretty big deal to god and he's like well what am i gonna do for jesus birthday right and the grandma acting through god gives jesus a 20 dollar bill in a nice Christmas card. And and Jesus is like, you got to be crazy, lady. I'm 33 years old. You don't think I can get $20? Yeah, in his wisdom, in, like, in the Lord's wisdom, he was like, you must fucking think I'm, I'm, I'm pathetic over here. $20 means nothing to me. That was nothing. God testing the Lord, who is him, by the way, and also another guy. They're all kind of one, but they interact as like a family. Basically, imagine if you and your dad were the same guy. Right? And you had a ghost that you hung out with who was also you, you and your dad and a ghost were the same guy, right? People always act like, oh, you know, the 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 Trinity is a split in the divine forces, it's polytheism. It's not. It's simple. What if you, your dad, and a ghost was a whole the same guy? That's not any more complicated than an episode of Lost, and you're telling me you can't follow it? You know, I got to say one time when I was talking to the Lord, uh, I started a conversation and I thought he was there. And then the ghost showed up, it scared the hell out of me. What, and then did Jesus he say showed boo? Up. Yeah, he said boo. He scared that. I was holding my Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I spilled the hot coffee all over myself. I was like, dang, nabbit. And then the Lord showed up 30 seconds later. Like, I got you pretty good. Is this I? morning you heard from the Holy Ghost? Or did yeah, you actually, that's Dunkin why I've got coffee spilled all over me. I didn't explain that sooner. But <laughs> I was wondering the, by that. The Holy Ghost fucking pulled a prank on me with, with the Lord up there. Yeah. And it's really brave of you to not change after wearing a white suit all day. Well, see, this but. is the Lord uh, wanted this. He did it to me. Oh, I know. I know. I know. You don't got to preach to me. Well, you know, I'd love to just keep reading from the Bible all day, and actually, that's what I plan to do, but I plan to do it uh, off mic, because our time is up here. All right. Would you, hey, uh, would anybody be partial? Am I getting up on there and I singing? Does anybody want to hear from For He Who Looked Down With His Head Held Upon High? Oh, my God. Are we getting uh, a impromptu F-H-W-L-D-W-H-H-H-U-H concert here to, to close the show out? I'm feeling the spirit. I might do a couple songs. All, all right, right sure. Pastor White Teeth, take it away. 
He held you up on angels' things. Take you to the strength of God. Back to the dinner that you want. And thank you, everyone. Oh.